Welcome to tomorrow's Leader Spotlight. I am John Laredo, your host and CEO of the Laredo Group. It is our mission to help leaders tap into the unique skills that help them transform their own life, the organizations they lead, and the people that they influence. Everyone is a leader, and leadership is learnable. If you'd like to learn ways to take your leadership to the next level, stick around at the end of the episode. I'll give you some easy steps to take. Or if you'd like to be a guest on Tomorrow's Leader Spotlight, I'll share with you how you can apply. All right, let's get things going. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Larita, your host today with a great guest. I've got Bam Azizi, who is the CEO and co-founder of Front Financial Company uh, based in San Francisco, uh, or at least that's where you're based. Is that right, Bam? That's right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for joining me. I know we were chatting a little bit about the beautiful San Francisco area. Is that where the company's based or just yourself? Yes. Uh, right now is just everybody's remote. Uh, but I was doing remote before it was cool. But the headquarter is in San Francisco. You're right. And uh, my co-founder is based in New York City. The team is across the country. Well, that's perfect. You got all, all corners covered. That's excellent. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I've been uh, interested in chatting with you. I got a chance to take a look uh, a little bit into your company and, and into your app. Well, let's start off just, I'd love for the, um, the listeners, and we've got listeners in all different walks of life. We've got uh, business owners, CEOs, executives. We've got individuals that just enjoy the topic of leadership. And um, I'm always, I always love talking to leaders, especially of startup organizations, that have had a lot of success and you have in a short period of time. But why don't you start with just giving the audience, what, what is Front Financial? What's your vision, your mission? Tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about Front and our vision. Front, in a simple word, is a companion app to your brokerage apps like Robinhood, Vivo, Public, and then it helps you to become a better investor in the long run. Basically, in a sense, it's Mint for retail investors. Uh, Mint helps you to budget better. We help you to invest better. And no matter where is your asset and where your money is, we help you to make better informed decision. And we believe there are a lot of sick, like noise in, 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 in the market with the, with the social media and all the news and information that become available for retail investors. And they don't have the tools to digest all those information and make a right decision. We help uh, retail investors to kind of digest all of that. We built um, a proprietary front score, which is basically FICO, but for your, um, like your credit score, but for your portfolio that gives you one single number and tells you how you can improve that. And we give you suggestions and recommendations based on that. Now that's kind of cool because I saw that and you're right. That's the first thing I saw is I'm like, wow, this kind of looks like your FICO score. You know, when I, yeah. when I go into my American Express account, I have that type of thing and whatever. But what is, so explain that score. How is that derived? Like, what is it actually factoring in to give you your, your score? Yeah, for, for, we have two score, one for portfolio, one for each individual stock. Uh, for stocks, it takes into account the performance, the financials, uh, like last five years of their like balance sheet, that, that specific assets balance sheet. And also um, we take into account like factors like ESG, sentiment analysis, the news around the company, like if they're firing a CEO or what's happening inside the company. And we like digest like billions of data points 
and then come up with one single score that is a risk indicator for that specific asset. And your portfolio is heavily weighted around diversification, how diversified. Like you might, you might have some stocks that are not good, but it's, it helps you in terms of diversification. So it increases your score versus decreasing your score. So it's so, a, is it a risk? Is it a score of your portfolio or a score? Yeah. Okay. So it's not so much a, it's kind of a score of how you're doing basically, or how you're positioned to do. Is it more based on what's happened or is it more based on what they believe or you believe that's set to happen? Uh, both. Uh, but, <laughs> like it's heavily around what happened already. That's like how analysis and the stock market works, but we see the potential as well. Like if there are some good news coming for a company, we try to kind of take that into account. Yeah. sooner than anybody else and then let the retail investors know that what's happening in the future mm -hmm. uh, but your portfolio score is basically a health indicator of your health of your portfolio so you mm -hmm. want to check your portfolio like you're doing a blood test every like quarter or every six months to see what you're doing if there is like if you're pre-diabetic in it you need to make sure that like you control the sugar level of your blood yeah. Um, same thing for your portfolio. Like if you're taking too much risk or too much exposure in certain sector, you want to kind of decrease that exposure and stuff like that. Got it. So, and what is the, you had mentioned Robin Hood and you know, I kind of get a sense, I think from what you're saying, what the answer to this question is, but for the listeners, what is your target customer? Who are you actually serving? Yeah, I think uh, our target customers are Gen Z and millennial, but generally speaking, anybody who doesn't know a lot about the stock market and wants to get some involved, some sort of involvement in the stock market without risking too much, yeah. they can be a target customer. But but we can see that millennial and Gen Z, the last decade, they, they flooded into the stock market for four different trends that happened. One is online account setup. Second is commission-free <coughs> trading. Third is um, crypto. And number four is fractional shares, which is like a new, newer trend. And post-pandemic, people wanted to kind of be involved in the stock market to kind of take advantage of the uh, like short-term downtime of the stock market and invest and make, make more money. And they were like more successful than many other uh, like veteran investors, um, but they cannot like keep investing like that because that's a very risky investment strategy. Yeah. Got it. So it, it, it's not an app where you're doing the trading through the app, but it's an app that's really supporting what you're already doing. That's helping you do it better, basically, in essence, helping exactly. you budget, helping you. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a free application. We don't ask you to transfer money or assets to us. Mm -hmm. You just connect your broker and you can use the app for free forever. Gotcha. How do you make money? Is it through uh, advertising or what's the, or subscription? It's not, it's not advertising, but we will do referral, like what Credit Karma did or Investopedia is doing. So if you don't have a broker, you're just playing with the app and now you want to open a brokerage account, we refer you to one of our partners and then we make money that way. You're also adding premium for like more advanced users. If they want premium reporting, we can, we can add that and then make money that way. Gotcha. Very cool. So how did this all start? How did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. The story is I'm a repeat founder. And uh, when I sold my previous company, um, I've had enough money and enough reputation to build my own hedge fund and con fund and then just manage others, like other wealthy people money. But that was not my motivation. I'm a tech founder. I wanted to build something that can be scaled and help millions of people. 
they thought like that would be a waste of a skill and I wanted to do better. Um, and I'm coming from middle-class family. When 2008 happened, my family got impacted. I got impacted and I could see that because there was a sharp movement in the stock market. Uh, hedge funds and billionaires made gazillion amount of money um, and normal people <coughs> lost their jobs, their houses and their, their life kind of got compromised because of that. And I wanted to kind of um, level the playing field for everybody. And then with all these four trends that I just said, people got interested in the stock market, but they don't have, like even though Robin had democratized access to the stock market, but they didn't democratize access to data, tools, and profitability. And I wanted to build a tool to kind of uh, bridge that gap. Uh, and uh, I, I want to make sure that like millions of people can, can trade like Warren Buffett or other hedge funds. Yeah. What's the, it's, you've got a lot of people that are listening that are either in startup mode or maybe they're interested in, they have an idea for a company they want to start. Um, what, what is the two questions, kind of a two-part question. What's been the hardest part? You've done it, it sounds like a couple of times of, of building and starting a company. And um, secondly, what, what has been the key? You've had some great success in a short period of time. What do you think is the biggest key to success for a startup? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest key is hard work. Uh, and uh, if you're a first time founder, you might have a hard time finding money for your mm -hmm. startup. Um, I, I believe that uh, you as the CEO or the founder, you need to be the, the, the hard worker, hard workers person in the team. So you should not expect your employee to work harder than you. So. Uh, the burden is on you and then uh, only you. And uh, if you are dedicated to the mission and vision of the company and you put everything you have into the company, uh, you will be successful in, in some sort of uh, way or manner. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I, I see a lot of startups. Sometimes the idea is great. The product is great. The service is great, but <clears throat> they just have a hard time raising money and getting the funding. And sometimes it comes down to, it can come down to presentation skills and sales skills. I mean, that's in essence what it is. Uh, how do you solve for that when you've got a, a company or an idea that's great, maybe a, a, something that really solves a good need, but they're struggling to raise money and get the capital that they need? Uh, what Any tips, anything that you've learned along the road? Along the road? Yeah, so there, there is a, a circle of insider people that they keep, give money to each other and you don't know what's the, what's the deal behind the back doors. Um, so you will hear a lot of news that people are like raising 30 million, 40 million. They're doing same, same thing, but they have done like much less than you as a founder. And you feel like this is unfair. Like I've done like 10 times more why they're getting like series A, series B and I like I have problem raising $1 million. Uh, my like my feedback and my suggestion to founders is just get over it like the world is not fair and there are people making money and uh raising money that you cannot uh the, the only way you can beat them is work hard and be dedicated to the vision and make sure that you can like be creative as much as possible and beat them to the market that's like and then we have uber we have lyft we have google we have apple so if somebody else is doing exactly what you're doing it doesn't mean they can own the whole market there, there is still a space for you so don't worry about that part and um my suggestion for first-time founder is just go through the process of like 
building the first demo or MVP and then try it with like 100 people, 1,000 people, or if they're in B2B, like with a couple of customers, and then, um, then apply for different incubators and accelerators and then raise like stuff like a million dollar, raise 100K, 50K, and then learn um, how to um, basically raise more money and also how to network, like, in, like increase your exposure and then also make sure that you do, like you learn how to network, how to build up your network uh, through those accelerator and raise your seed round and then go for uh, like pre-seed, seed and series A. Yeah. Uh, so it takes time. So there is no magic formula, but uh, I would say your product and your product market fit is the key. So how about with something like an app? I mean, that takes obviously a serious set of skills. Is that something that you or your team have and have done in-house or did you contract with somebody else to do it? Yeah, I'm like, even though I'm the repeat founder, I had the money to hire people. Like when I have an idea, I will, I will code. I, I do it myself. And then with all these information out there in, in YouTube, Khan Academy, and, and many other like bootstrapping sessions, like free sessions on YouTube that you can learn how to code. It's really not rocket science. If you just need to be dedicated and learn and do that yourself, even if you don't have coding skill, you can use like uh, Figma or other like, like Canva or other design tools yeah. to just show to investors like how it looks like. I think if you want to be founder, you should be willing to learn in different areas that you don't have experience. Yeah, and that's a great point because I, I do know a lot of people, it's interesting as apps have become a uh, just an enormously growing uh, industry in and of itself. That's been a, an idea that people have had. I think if you talk to 10 people, five of them have had an idea for an app. They just didn't even know where to go and where to start. And the exactly. costs have been pretty prohibitive to hire somebody to do it. But what I hear you saying is it's a lot easier, not that it's easy, but it's lower barrier of entry than people may have thought. Exactly. Proof of concept, it's really not hard to build these days with all these tools that you have, like with all these drag and drop tools. So you can, you can definitely build a proof of concept and test it with a couple of users. Yeah, makes sense. So I want to get back to one thing you said, which I think is great. Uh, you know, the, the leader, the CEO needs to be willing to do what he or she is asking other people to do. You can't expect people to work harder or dedicate themselves more or do things that you're that that are uncomfortable if you're not willing to do them. Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, is that that seems like something a lot of leaders sometimes don't realize or they forget. How important is that? It's, it's very important, especially if you are a good salesman and you can pitch the idea and you can make like you can get money and funding. Now you're hiring like 10 other people and they're like, you delegate stuff to those people and um, they work like 10 hours a day. You should work 12 hours. If they work 14 hours, you need to work 16 hours a day. Uh, you, you just, you, you cannot just give away your responsibility to them in the name of delegation. You need to be involved in deep in like in detail of the work they're doing, giving them feedback. Like at the beginning of the business, that the funding is just a tool, it's not the goal. So you need to march toward the goal and then get there as fast as possible. And the way to do that is knowing all the details, making all the right decisions at the beginning of the journey. Yeah. So how is the company doing? I know it's only, it's only been, has it been a year and a half? Yeah, a year and a half. And then we're a team of 35 now. And um, I uh, we have around like, uh, 30,000 monthly active users. Uh, we've had just surpassed 100,000 installs 
and uh, we have around 10,000 daily active users using our product. And the goal is getting to a million users within six months. Wow, that's fantastic. Congrats, that's, uh, that's tremendous. It's growing fast. Are you working at 10 hours? Yeah, so I, I used to work uh, like 16 hours at the beginning, but now it's like around 12 hours a day. Okay, well, you just, <laughs> you're, you're throttling back to, uh, to a nice, comfortable 12 hours a day. That's a hectic yeah. schedule of itself. <laughs> it is. Well, uh, congrats, honestly, Bam, a great success story in a short period of time. And I really, uh, I certainly see the vision and I see a lot of high, uh, enormous potential with it. And I am pretty confident you will have that success as I'm sure you are. So congrats on what's happened and all this, the great stuff that's ahead of you. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the, on the show. Absolutely. We've been here with CEO and co-founder of Front Financial, Bam Azizi. Uh, all the links and uh, information to that uh, organization, as well as BAM, are in the show notes. Feel free to take a look. Uh, go check them out. Uh, become a, uh, a user of the app. It sounds like a great tool for a great purpose and a great uh, value to, uh, to the uh, investor who's looking to get maybe a little bit of an edge. Uh, so as always, thank you for joining today. Appreciate all of your ideas and suggestions for future content, as well as future guests. Uh, please be uh, sure to like, subscribe, share. Go down below, give five-star review, of course. That's highly appreciated. And thanks for joining us today. Bam, once again, thanks for joining us, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. John Laredo here. Thank you so much for listening to Tomorrow's Leaders Spotlight. If you are a successful leader or business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit our website, johnlarito.com. Go right to the podcast page and right up top, you'll see a button that says apply here. If you got something out of this interview and you'd like to share this episode on social media, I love that. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, post it on whatever social media outlet you'd like to. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media, let them know about the show and also include the hashtag tomorrow's leader. I love seeing your posts. I love getting your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews also go a long way to help promote the show and really do mean a lot to me and our team. Want to know more? Go to our website, johnlarito.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over the place. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.